Good afternoon. Oh my goodness me. And welcome. Thank you very much for joining me for the final chapter in Five on Kiran Island again. So, will Uncle Quentin be in time to stop the island from blowing up? I really hope so, because they're all on the island now, aren't they? So, even Aunt Fanny and Anne. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, chapter 21, which is the last chapter, is called The End of the Adventure. Of course it is. So let's find out. Uncle Quentin ran out, didn't he? And shoved past Aunt Fanny, which she was trying to hug him. Where's he gone? said Aunt Fanny, quite hurt. Nobody answered. Julian, George and Martin were watching the tower with anxious intensity. If only Uncle Quentin would appear at the top. Ah, there he was. He had taken up with him a big stone. As everyone watched, he smashed the glass around the tower with the stone. Crash! 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 The wires that ran through the glass were broken and split as the glass crashed into pieces. No power could race through them now. Uncle Quentin leant out of the broken glass room and shouted exultantly, It's all right! I was in time! I've destroyed the power that might have blown up the island. You're safe! George found that her knees were suddenly shaking. She had to sit down on the floor. Timmy came and licked her face wonderingly. Then he too sat down. What's he doing, smashing the tower up? asked a burly fisherman. I don't understand all this. Uncle Quentin came down the tower and rejoined them. Another ten minutes and I should have been too late, he said. Thank goodness, Anne, you all arrived when you did. I ran all the way home, told Aunt Fanny and we got the fishermen to come over as soon as we could get out their boats, explained Anne. We couldn't think of any other way of rescuing you. Where are the wicked men? Trying to escape down the undersea tunnel, said Julian. Oh, you don't know about that, Anne. And he told her, while the fishermen listened open-mouthed. Look here, said Uncle Quentin when he had finished. As the boats are here, the men might as well take all my gear back with them. I've finished my job here. I shan't want the island any more. <gasps> oh, then we can have it, said George, delighted. And there's plenty of the holidays left. We'll help to bring up what you want, Father. We ought to get back as quickly as we can so as to catch those fellows at the other end of the tunnel, said one of the fishermen. Yes, we ought to, said Aunt Fanny. Oh, good gracious, you'll find Mr Curtin there with a broken leg, said Anne, suddenly remembering. The others looked at her in surprise. This was the first they had heard of Mr Curtin being in the quarry. Anne explained, and I told him he was a very wicked man, she ended triumphantly. <laughs> Quite right, said Uncle Quentin with a laugh. Well, perhaps we'd better get my gear another time. Oh, two of us can see to that for you now, said the burly fisherman. Georgia, she's got her boat in the cove and you've got yours. 
The others can go back with you if you like, and Tom and me will fix up your things and bring them across to the mainland later on. Save us coming over again. Right, said Uncle Quentin, pleased. You do that then. It's all down in the caves through that tunnel behind the stone. They all went down to the cove. It was a beautiful day and the sea was very calm, except just around the island where the waters were always rough. Soon the boats were being sailed or rowed to the mainland. <sighs> the adventure is over, said Anne. How strange. I didn't think it was one while it was happening, but now I see that it was. Another to add to our long list of adventures, said Julian. Oh, cheer up, Martin. Don't look so blue. Whatever happens, we'll see you don't come out badly over this. You helped us and you threw in your lot with us. We'll see that you don't suffer, won't we, Uncle Quentin? We'd never have got through those falls of rock if we hadn't had Martin and his spades. Well, thanks, said Martin. If you can get me away from my guardian and never let me see him again, I'll be happy. Well, it's quite likely that Mr Curtin will be put somewhere uh, very safe, where he won't be able to see his friends for quite a long time, said Uncle Quentin dryly. So I don't think you need to worry. As soon as the boats reached shore, Julian, Dick and Timmy and Uncle Quentin went off to the quarry to see if Mr Curtin was still there and to wait for the other two men to come out of the tunnel. Mr Curtin was there all right, still groaning and calling for help. Mr Uncle Quentin spoke to him sternly. Ha! We know your part in this matter, Curtin. You will be dealt with by the police. They will be along in a short while. Timmy sniffed around Mr Curtin and then walked away, nose in air, as if to say, oh, what a nasty piece of work. The others arranged themselves at the mouth of the hole and waited. But nobody came. An hour went by. Two hours. Still nobody. I'm glad Martin and Anne didn't come, said Uncle Quentin. I do wish we'd brought sandwiches. At that moment, the police arrived. Scrambling down the steep sides of the quarry, the police doctor was with them and he saw to Mr Curtin's leg. And then, with the help of the others, he got the man to the top of the cliffs with great difficulty. Julian, go back and get sandwiches, said Uncle Quentin at last. It looks as if we've got a long wait. Julian went back and was soon down the quarry with neat packets of ham sandwiches and a thermos of hot coffee. The two policemen was who were left offered to stay and watch if Uncle Quentin wanted to go home. Oh, dear me, no, he said. I want to see the faces of these two fellows when they come out. It's going to be one of the nicest moments of my life. The island is not blown up. My secret is safe. My book is safe. My work is finished. And I just want to tell these things to my two dear friends. You know, Father, I believe they've lost their way underground, said George. Julian said there were many different passages. Timmy took the boys through the right ones, of course, but... 
they would have been quite lost if they hadn't had him with them. Her father's face fell at the thought of the men being lost underground. He did so badly want to see their dismayed faces when they arrived in the quarry. We could send Timmy in, said Julian. He would soon find them and bring them out, wouldn't you, Tim? Woof, said Timmy, agreeing. Oh, yes, that's a good idea, said George. They won't hurt him if they think he can show them the way out. Go in, Timmy, find them. Find them, boy, bring them here. Woof, said Timmy obligingly and disappeared under the shelf of rock. Everyone waited, munching sandwiches and sipping coffee. And then they heard Timmy's bark again from underground. There was a panting noise, then a scraping sound as somebody came wriggling out from under the rock. He stood up and then he saw the silent group watching him. <gasps> he gasped. Good morning, Johnson, said Uncle Quentin in an amiable voice. How are you? Johnson went white. He sat down on the nearby heather. You win, he said. I do, said Uncle Quentin. In fact, I win handsomely. Your little plan went wrong. My secret is still safe and next year it will be given to the whole world. There was another scraping sound and the second man arrived. He stood up too. And then he saw the quietly watching group. Good morning, Peters, said Uncle Quentin. So nice to see you again. How did you like your underground walk? We found it better to come by sea. Peters looked at Johnson and he too sat down suddenly. What's happened, he said to Johnson. It's all up, said Johnson. Then Timmy appeared, wagging his tail, and went to George. Bet they were glad when Timmy came up to them, said Julian. Johnson looked at him. Yes, we were lost in those hateful tunnels. Curtin said he'd come to meet us, but he never came. No, he's probably in the prison hospital by now with a broken leg, said Uncle Quentin. Well, Constable, do your duty. Both men were at once arrested. Then the whole company made their way back over the moor. The two men were put into a police car and driven off. The rest of the company went into Curran Cottage to have a good meal. I'm most terribly hungry, said George. Joanna, have you got anything nice for breakfast? Mm, not much, said Joanna from the kitchen. Only, oh, bacon and eggs and mushrooms? Oh, said Anne, Joanna, you shall have the O-B-C-B-E. And whatever may that be, cried Joanna, but Anne couldn't remember. It's a decoration, she cried. Well, I'm not a Christmas tree, shouted back Joanna. You just come and help with the breakfast. It was a very jolly breakfast with the, the seven of them. Oh, no, eight for Timmy must certainly be counted, sat down to. Martin, now that he was free of his guardian, became quite a different boy. The children made plans with him for him. 
You can stay on with the Coast Guard because he likes you. He kept on and on saying you weren't a bad boy. And you can come and play with us and go to the island. And Uncle Quentin will see if he can get you in an, into an art school. He says you deserve a reward for helping to save his wonderful secret. Martin glowed with pleasure. It seemed as if a load had fallen away from his shoulders. I've never had a chance till now, he said. I'll make good, you see if I don't. Mother, can we go and stay on Kiran Island and watch the tower being taken down tomorrow? Begged George. Do say yes, please. And can we stay there a whole week? We can sleep in that little room as we did before. Oh, well, I suppose you can, said her mother, smiling at George's eager face. I'd rather like to have your father to myself for a few days and feed him up a bit. Oh, that reminds me, Fanny, said her husband suddenly. I tried some soup you left for me the night before last. And my dear, it was horrible. Quite bad. Oh, Quentin, I told you to pour it away. You know I did, said his wife, distressed. Oh, it must have been completely bad. You really are dreadful. They all finished their breakfast at last and went out into the garden. They looked across Kiran Bay to Kiran Island. It looked lovely in the morning sun. We've had a lot of adventures together, said Julian, more than most children. They have been exciting, haven't they? Yes, they have. But now we must say goodbye to the five and to Kiran Island too. Goodbye, Julian, Dick, George, Anne, and Timmy. But only Timmy hears our goodbye, for he has such sharp ears. Woof! Goodbye! <laughs> now, I am going to put a poll on the end of this um story because I have the next book in um, the, the Famous Five series. Um, I have the next book, which is, I think, uh, bear with me, Five Go Off to Camp. Okay, so, uh, so I have that one, or I have the next book in The Secret Seven, or... I have um, a brand new adventure thing from the same author called The Secret Island. So, which one would you like? So I'm going to put a poll on here. You decide which one you would like and, and say, vote for it. And then... The one with the most votes is the one that I shall start reading tomorrow. Okay, so until then, I won't know and you won't know which one will be the winner. Right, make sure that you take care and stay safe and I will see you all tomorrow. Uh, bye. For now.